to the Marketing Nomad Show, the fun pizza for all things Instagram, where I also share my entrepreneurial journey, some of my lessons, wins, and challenges along the way, so it can inspire you to get started and grow on Instagram as well. Welcome to the Marketing Nomad Show, Cherry. How are we doing today? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me. No worries, Cherry. So guys, today's episode is all about how to create additional income streams for yourself. I have wealth coach Cherry Tong with us today. Now, Cherry, tell us a little bit about yourself. Of course. So I am a ex-Big Four auditor. So I used to audit for public companies. Um, I used to look at their financial statements, really creative, really fun, I know. And then after that, I realized that I don't want to spend all my life just working a nine to five. I don't want my only identity to be my nine to five title. And so that's when I started looking into what are the other ways that I can create additional income streams? Um, what are the other ways I can make money so that I no longer have to be tied and you know held down by my nine to five job? So that's kind of like my little backstory. So that is why today I want to help more nine to five employees create additional income streams so they no longer have to be tied down by just their nine to five job. I feel like, you know, creating additional income streams not only applies to nine to five employees, I feel solopreneurs not necessarily have to stick to one income stream now. Uh, People who are starting their own businesses and stuff like that. What are your thoughts on that? Mm -hmm, Definitely. So for example, one of my clients, he actually has his own company and he has a credit repair company. But then he also realized that, hey, like, even though I'm, you know, a boss, I have my, you know, team who helps me make money, I also want to have additional income streams. So that's when he approached me. And then we talked about how he can also train other people to be in the credit repair business. So that is an additional income stream for him. And he can also invest his money in the stock market so that he can, again, Again, create more income streams for himself beyond just his uh, business income. Oh, that's amazing. So now that we're kind of talking a little bit about additional income streams, what do you think is the hardest part about trying to add on to your income streams? I think the hardest part is definitely what we call the shiny, um, shiny item syndrome just uh, shiny object syndrome, looking at different things. For example, today I'm looking at Amazon FBA. Tomorrow I'm looking at podcasting. The next day I'm looking at making YouTube videos and jumping from one thing to the other. We tend to just get sidetracked a lot and not really focus or master anything. So the most important thing is really to focus on one thing at a time. For example, uh, for me personally, I started as a YouTuber. So I created YouTube videos and I was doing that for quite some time until I ventured off to, uh, let's say, creating content on Instagram and even like podcasting. I've thought about it, but I haven't really started because I feel like right now I already have a lot of things going on and I really want to master or at least put a lot of time and effort on the platforms I'm, I'm already on until I you know, move on to the next income streams or the next pa- platforms. But so the income streams that we were talking about just now are income streams that, you know, require your active involvement. What are your thoughts on income streams that are passive? My thoughts about it 
So first of all, one thing to keep in mind that there is no such thing as overnight success. So even if we're talking about passive income here, for example, rental income, even if you were to be a landlord and you were to collect rent, you have to first think about, okay, how can I get the down payment to buy these properties first? And then even as a landlord, sure, like for the most time, your rent income is pretty passive, but there are also times when let's say the AC breaks down or something else goes wrong with the house and you still have to care for it. So there's really no such thing as like absolute 100% passive income. And I think that's also a common misconception that a lot of people have. And the second point of it is that even if you were to create like mostly passive income, for example, rent income, you still have to create some form of active income first in order to get to that point. For example, if you were to um, collect interest income, right? Interest income is very passive. You just put your money in the bank and you collect interest. But then you have to think about, hey, how do I have that money to begin with in order to put it into the bank, in order to collect interest? And so my approach is always work on the active income first and then the passive income because there is really no like overnight success to passive income. You have to first know how to create active income, um, how to make money actively, and then think about creating passive income streams. That's really an interesting thought that, you know, I know that a lot of people online, they say passive income, you really should have it. It's so important and all of that, but it's such an interesting thought that you bring up that passive income is actually pretty much active income because it does require your involvement. It does take a lot of time on your end. It's probably, um, you know, like for example, you said you had your YouTube channel. So mm -hmm. that is a sort of a passive income for you because yes, you've done all the work. You've mm -hmm. created your YouTube videos. That's a lot of work that you put in beforehand and you need to keep creating videos to keep getting that money in, even though your previous videos, you know, their views and you're probably getting some income from that. So I thought that was a pretty interesting thought. Mm -hmm. Talking about misconceptions, yeah. what are three misconceptions that you find most of your clients have or just mm -hmm. people, solopreneurs, nine to five employees have in general about uh, wealth and of course, additional income streams? Mm. That's a really, really good question. The first misconception that really comes up to me, um, just like pops right up is definitely how making money is difficult. A lot of people think making money is super difficult, it's uh, unachievable, and a lot of people think there's just no way that they can get there. And this is what I call a limiting mindset. For example, a lot of people, they look at themselves and they're like, I'm already working, let's say 10 hours every single day. I'm already putting in all this time, but I'm not making the kind of money that I wanna make. And so there's really no way for me to make more money. But then they really have to take a step back and think about the fact that there are more ways to make money than just trading time for money. And just because you're making, let's say, $10 per hour does not mean you have to make $10 per hour for the rest of your life. And so right now you're making $10 an hour, you're working 10 hours a day, but then are there any ways that you can make more money and work less hours? So it's really important for you to really um, take a step back and stop limiting yourself and thinking that you can't do it. So that's definitely the number one misconception is that making money is hard, making money is impossible. And the second misconception conception is um, definitely the DIY type. And I was there too. So uh, long story short, I was creating videos, YouTube videos around seven, eight years ago. And in the beginning, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just putting ran random videos out. I remember one of my first videos was how to open a coconut with a fruit knife. Like it has, it has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm doing today. But um, 
through that experience, I learned that, hey, sure, like you can try making videos on your own. You can, you know, um, record videos with what you have. I remember I recorded my videos with the MacBook, nothing fancy, but then it took me so many years to actually figure out how to actually create a somewhat like, I don't want to say successful, but a YouTube channel that makes sense, a YouTube channel that gives people the reason to subscribe. And so sure, like a lot of people, they say you can Google everything, you can DIY everything. And that's absolutely true because I've been there. I've done that. I try to do everything the cheapest way ever. Um, I try to figure everything out on my own by reading articles after articles, pages after pages on Google. And I, you know, did get to somewhere, but I definitely would say that if you just want to DIY all the way, it's going to take a lot longer and that result is not guaranteed. Whereas if you partner up with someone or if you find someone who has been there, done that, that person can definitely show you a lot of the, you know, better ways of doing things. Like there are many roads that lead to Rome and some roads are just shorter. Some roads just get you to Rome faster. And um, that's definitely the second misconception. And the third misconception, um, in my opinion, is kind of controversial, but I really do think that there is a definite limit to how much you can save, but then there's really no limit to how much you can make. And so growing up, I, um, I'm not sure if you know, but I have an Asian background and my parents have always been really frugal. So they just, you know, teach me to save money. They're like, the only way to obtain wealth or to keep wealth is to save money. And um, they've always taught me to be really frugal. Like I still remember when I go to my grandparents' house, they would have those like blue um, tin can like cookie jars. And I would always be really excited when I see them and I open them up and it's always not cookies. And I just remember like living like that all my life and thinking that, hey, I have to save money. I have to save money. There's no other way. And I find myself like penny pinching. I find myself couponing, like clipping coupons and spending like hours trying to find the best deal and comparing different prices. And sure, like that could have saved me like maybe um, like a buck or two here or there or like five bucks, 10 bucks. Sure. But then what if I spent that same amount of time trying to figure out how can I make more money? And that's really another misconception that I see a lot of people, especially in the personal finance space. A lot of people, they're just so focused on saving money. They're just like, hey, how can I save more money? How can I penny pinch more? If I can, you know, uh, negotiate with this phone operator for two hours, can I save like 10 bucks? Sure. But what if you spend these two hours on self-education, on bettering your skills, on negotiating your salary, even um, spending the same amount of time trying to make more money, in my opinion, can really help you out in the long run, because there's really a limit to how much you can save even if you save 100% of your paycheck, which is very difficult, even if you do that, you're still limited by your paycheck. If you make 60K a year, you are you know, pocketing 60K. But then if you spend that time on bettering yourself, there's really no ceiling to how much you can make. So these are the three misconceptions that I immediately think of. Okay. I absolutely cookie jar because um I am Asian too and it's I think it's a very Asian thing for us um you know uh, we have those butter jar cookies and then you know you open them and then there's just money and parents trying to save up uh but yes even I was also raised with the whole frugal mindset so it's very interesting for me to see that uh, when you say that there is a limit actually to how much you can save and it makes sense in a way how much is your time worth uh at the end of the day you know you're spending two hours on the phone operator as you said but that's time wasted and valuable time so definitely I think it's a really interesting thought 
I kind of want to circle back a little bit to the additional income streams. Now, I know that there are a ton of examples out there, you know, mm-hmm. telling, okay, you should go for this income stream or this is the best right now. Mm-hmm. As a wealth coach, as the expert of your field, what are some of the examples that you can give that you have, you know, advised your clients or you think is good? And why do you feel that they mm-hmm. are a relatively good income stream to be a part of? Mm, okay. First of all, I want to say that with income streams, there's really no one size fits all. And the reason why I'm able to help my clients uh, build additional income streams is because I built them myself. So just giving some examples of my own income streams, YouTube ad, YouTube ad revenue, uh, my corporate salary, my RSUs, my restricted stock units, my affiliate marketing, my online course sales, my one-on-one coaching, group coaching, interest income, dividend income, capital gains from my from my stocks and my merch sales, my rent income, uh, flipping designer handbags, selling my belongings, bank account turning, a credit card turning, and of course the cashbacks from uh, the rebates. So these are just some examples of my income streams, but there is really no one income streams that fits for everyone. Like even for, let's say a very common one, nine to five job. You probably heard of some people who are like, I can never imagine being a solopreneur. I can never imagine being an entrepreneur. That's so much pressure. I'll never imagine that. And you also see, you know, on the other opposite side of the spectrum, someone saying that I can never imagine having a boss. I can never imagine working for someone. So that is why there's really no one size fits all income stream. And the reason why I'm able to help my clients build their own income stream based on their experience, their passions is because I've built 16, uh, 17 income streams now for myself. And I've experienced for, you know, both the nine to five side and the entrepreneur side. And I know what it's like and what kind of qualities do you need in order to build these different income streams. For example, if you are someone who is really um, good at public speaking, you love presenting, you love doing creative stuff, then maybe YouTube is a great avenue for you. But if you're someone who's extremely camera shy and you don't like, you know, Um, showing your face or even sharing your voice or ideas to the public, then maybe YouTube is not a good idea for you. And same thing, if you are um, someone who really likes arts and crafts, maybe you can start an Etsy shop, right? Like these are all different ideas based on what are your passions? What are you good at? But it really takes someone who has, you know, been doing this for a while to really help you figure out the shortest way to roam, the quickest way to see how you can build these additional income streams. And um, that that's kind of like how I view it. There is really no one size fits all income stream. That's a really interesting concept that one size does not fit all because I definitely see, I mean, this is definitely something that I've been looking into in the recent past, you know, um, kind of expanding my income streams and all of that. And I feel like people just say seven income streams you really need to get on right now. Or, you know, it's such a popular YouTube video or, you know, podcast episode, but it's interesting that you say that you have to leverage your strengths. You have to see what works for you specifically, the time that you have, your skills and your interest and your passion as well. So that's, I think, a massive, massive tip that we can definitely give the podcast listeners right now. And I feel like, Cherry, we have covered so, so much in this podcast episode. If we were to sort of wrap this entire episode into three quick, actionable tips, what would your tips be? Okay, three quick, actionable tips. Number one, know your next step, your next future. 
where do you really want to be? Like, for example, if you're someone who likes to have a nine to five job, then think about how do I get to the next part or the next stage for my nine to five job. If you're someone who wants to be an entrepreneur, then think about, hey, what is that entrepreneurial venture that I can take on next? So number one is really to clarify what is your next step, especially now that we're in the beginning of the new year, it's time for us to have those new year's resolutions and for us to really keep in mind, what is that future? What do we want our future to look like? So that's number one. And number two is find someone who is currently in the future that you want to be in. For example, um, if you want to be, let's say, a podcaster, right? Then really look at your, uh, your current favorite podcasters to see what are they doing, right? Um, what are they doing right? What are the different techniques that they're using? Maybe even like the, the overall vibe, like do you like casual podcasting or do you like a more structured podcasting? Like really look at that and try to follow the steps. I'm not telling you to like copy someone, but because you like a certain format, there are reasons you can analyze why does this work? Why is this podcast successful, right? So the second one is definitely um, find someone who is currently at the future that you want to be. And uh, number three is continue investing in yourself and learning. Um, that's definitely really important. I think a lot of my peers, they tend to just give up on education the moment they graduate. And they're just like, yes, I can burn all my books. I don't have to do this anymore. But there is really no end to learning, especially like after you graduate. What sets you apart is what you use your after work time. If you use your after work time on self-education, then obviously years later, you're going to be at a different level. But if you spend your afterwork time solely on Netflix, then of course you wouldn't really know that much about bettering yourself or self-improvement in let's say five or 10 years. And there will be a huge difference between you and your peers. Okay, amazing, amazing tips. Definitely so implementable. Honestly, uh, especially the whole Netflix, binging on Netflix and taking some time. I, I like the fact that you said solely. So it's, yeah. yes, of course, you know, there's entertainment there. But at the same time, you know, uh, you know, figuring out education, don't just burn off your books, go back to the roots, keep learning. Learning is just such an important part of everyone's life, regardless of whether you are at a nine to five or whether you are you know, starting your own business. I definitely have seen that with my um, life as well, changing my perception when it comes to education. So definitely amazing. Now, Cherry, if uh, my audience would want to kind of reach out to you, maybe they need some extra help, they want to look up to your expertise, how can they find you? So the easiest way is definitely Instagram. I'm always on Instagram and my Instagram handle is just cherrytongue.co. So that's just cherry the fruit and then tongue is my last name, T-U-N-G dot C-O. And on my Instagram, you can also find a link in my bio, which leads to my private Facebook group. And that is a really um, cute community full of entrepreneurs and entrepreneur-minded nine to five employees who are just hustlers. Like we're just looking to build additional income streams for ourselves for our family and it's just a very positive community on there and so definitely check that out too if you want to just um be surrounded by like-minded people awesome cherry i'm definitely sure that my podcast listeners are going to be looking for you on instagram and they're definitely going to try to get into your facebook group as well it definitely sounds like an opportunity that cannot be missed and should not be missed as well 
Thank you so much, Cherry, for being on the Marketing Nomad Show. I am so sure that my listeners and me, of course, have learned so, so much from you today. Definitely looking forward to implementing all of these fantastic tips that you've shared with us. Any last words? Um, good luck, everyone. And I look forward to seeing you on my IG. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening in to this podcast episode. I will catch you guys in my next episode. Talk soon.